March 16th, 2023. We're in Masechet Berachot, Daf Yod Gimal Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the Amud down, it's nine lines down, the third word on the line. It says the Gemara, Tanya Idach. What the Gemara had until now, in recent uh, lines, been discussing is the portions of Kiryat Shema that it's necessary that a person not have a general kavanah of mitzvot tzirichot kavanah that you're performing the mitzvah, but have kavanah tamilim, that you have intention and understanding of the words that you're reading. So the Gemara now had mentioned several opinions, and we now mention more in this beraita. Idach means a different one. It's a different beraita. Vehayu, first and foremost, pasuk in Kiryat Shema, vehayu hadevarim ha'ele, but that word vehayu, they should be in their place. We saw that in a beraita earlier. The concept of vehayu is that the reading of Kiryat Shema needs to be orderly. You can't read a pasuk that comes later, earlier. You can't flip uchtavtam with ukshartam. You can't read pesukim backward either, of course. Al levavecha, the pasuk furthermore says, His understanding of that word, al levavecha, on your heart, in your mind, is until there is necessary that you have it in your heart, on your mind. From there onward, it's only mitzvat kiri'ah. Uh, we'll define each of those words in a moment. What's until there? Literally, to that pasuk of alivavecha? Rashi thinks not, although some do interpret it that way. If you look at the top of the Amud in Rashi, two lines from top, Amar Yoshia Adkan says Rashi Perek Rishon. Now, the description of Adkan means Shema and all of Ve'ahavta. It's necessary to have Kavanata Milim. The statement, however, specifically is that until there it's Mitzvat Kavanah, the Gemara will misunderstand that initially to thinking that it means that you only need to think about and have in your heart from Shema until the end of that parasha. You don't need to as well be speaking it, right? Because until there is Mitzvat Kavanah, it sounds like to the only exclusion, kavana. only kavana, as opposed to kiriyah. From there and onward, it begins the kiriyah. And the Gemara, of course, will correct that and say, no, it's kiriyah and kavana. Then onward is just kiriyah. The other opinion we have here in the Beraita is Rabbi Oshia Omen, Adkan mitzvat kiriyah, kan ve'lach mitzvat kavana. Quite the opposite. It says, until there, sounds like parashari shona without kavana. Just kiriyah is the way we're reading it. From there onward, it's only kavana, kiriyah, the reading, the uttering, um, is unnecessary. Says the Gemara, let's try to break down these opinions. Maishena, mikan ve'elach, mitzvat kiriyah. Why is it that from there onward you need to speak dichtiv ledaberbam? Because the second paragraph, vehaya, has ledaberbam. Uh, excuse me, you have Lidaberbam in Kriya. Hachana meha keti vidibartabam. So whereas you have Lidaberbam in Vehayaim Shamoa, you have Vidibartabam in Veahavta. If the words Vidibarta, Lidaberbam denote to us, they send the message to us that you need to be speaking it. So why are you distinguishing between first paragraph and second paragraph? Says the Gemara Hachekamar. This is what we meant to say as we, uh, you and I just a moment ago discussed Adkan until the end of the first paragraph, Ve'ahavta, Mitzvat Kavana, Ukeria, Kanvela, Kiria, Belo Kavana. That's the first opinion that we mentioned here in the Beraita. Um, that, that was that Rabbi Zutra. We then have the second opinion in the Beraita. Whose opinion was that? Rabbi Yoshia. Umayshina Adkan, Mitzvat Kavana, Ukriya. 
excuse me, no, still on that opinion. Why is it that the first paragraph is mitzvat kavana and kiria, meaning you have to speak it and have intentionality? Ve'ahavta has the words alevavech, has to be on your mind and your heart. Furthermore, it says ve'dibartabam. Uh, the second paragraph we know says ledaberbam. Is there any reference to heart and mind as well? Oh, certainly. Hatam nameh haketiv alevavechem ledaberbam. Why are you distinguishing between ve'ahavta and ve'haya? Well, initially we thought it's because it says Lidaberbam in the second paragraph. But it says Vidabartabam in the first Oh, you're right. You need to speak in the first paragraph as well. But you're telling me there's more intentionality, more kavana that's necessary for first paragraph as opposed to second paragraph. Why? Oh, because of the word Lev, Alevavecha. But the second paragraph as well says Alevavechem. How could you, why would you distinguish between these two paragraphs? Answers the Gemara, the second paragraph where it says Alevavechem, Hatam, over there, that references not to the Kavanav Kiriachima, rather, Hatam, excuse me, Hahu, Mi That those words, Alevavechem, in Vehaya, are necessary for the explanation. The statement of Rabbi Yitzhak De Amar, his statement went as follows Visamtem et Devarai Ele, the reference in the Pasuk of your heart in that context is not about your mind and heart in terms of intention, rather the physical heart. It's a reference to in the context of, of tefillin, telling us that the tefillin needs to be placed on the part of your hand, of your arm, which is keneged halev, which is facing your heart. In other words, we then have first paragraph, ve'ahavta, we have dibartabam, and alevavecha, telling me you need to read and you need intention of words. Second paragraph says, yes, lidaberbam, uh, teaches us you need to be speaking it. Oh, but what about alevavechim? That's for a halachan in tefillin, that when you put on your tefillin shalyad, you put it on the upper muscle area so that that it's facing your heart. Amar Mor, what about the second opinion? So that was Rabbi Zutra. We had another opinion in the Beraita who flipped it. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, Adkan Mitzvat Kiriyah. The first paragraph is just Kiriyah. We're going to, again, unpack this statement, assuming that the Kiriyah is not necessary for second paragraph, and it's only in first paragraph. Of course, we're going to adjust that, but then we're going to challenge why does the first paragraph, again, the opposite of Rabbi Zutra, not need Kavana, where the second one does? Well, it has something to do with Alevavechim in the second one. What about Alevavechim in the first one? You understand, we're going to do the exact same mechanics in the opposite direction. The first paragraph as well says So the suggestion goes as follows. Uh, the first paragraph is What changed over there? Not that you don't need the Kavana, that you only need the Kavana. According to this second opinion, Rabbi Yoshia, second paragraph only needs Kavana, doesn't need speech. So again, to reiterate before we deal with the technicalities that remain, it means that this mahlok, this dispute between these two opinions goes as follows. With regards to first paragraph, everybody seems to agree, you need Kiriya and Kavana. Vidibartabam and Alevavecha. Second paragraph is the question. On the one hand, it says, Lidaberbam, second opinion, Rabbi Oshia says, um, that, that apparently that's going to be used for something else, and we only pay attention to the live in the second paragraph, whereas the first opinion is going to say um, in the opposite way. How are you going to interpret the words Lidaberbam in second paragraph? 
to teach me that you don't need to be speaking it, right? You follow, that's what we have remaining. Whereas the first opinion needed to reinterpret to tell us that it's a mitzvah. Tefillin, the second opinion says you need only kavanah for second paragraph. If you only need kavanah for second paragraph, how are you defining the words that is a reference not to Kiryat Shema, but rather Divre Torah. The Pasuk says, Our understanding initially was is referring to read these words. Which words? Kiryat Shema words. Instead, we're suggesting is a reference to Talmud Torah, teach them Torah so that they'll be well-versed in Torah enough that they can be legar subam, they can speak words of Torah. That's something uh, somewhat significant, just parenthetically, to just speak out. First and foremost, let's mention the opinions and then return to that point with regards to the uh, the message. Uh, it means that, in conclusion, there's a mahloket in the Beraita. We follow seemingly neither one of these opinions, but we should reiterate them nonetheless, Rabbi Zutra and Rabbi Yoshia. As we ultimately speaking interpreted them, everybody agrees first paragraph, Shema ve'ahavta necessitates Kiria and Kavana. Kiria ve'dibarta bam, Kavana alevavecha. Second paragraph, dispute. According to the Bizutra, it necessitates only Kiria. Uh, where does he learn that from? Lidaberbam, but not Kavana. What about alevavechem? That's for Tefillin Halacha. Second opinion, Rabbi Oshia says, second paragraph has no kirya, only kavana. Kavana, alevavichem. Why no kirya? Because this pasuk of lidaber bam is not to be understood as speech of, of kirya chema, but rather speech of Torah. The teaching that you do to your children, to your students, should be so good of such a high quality that they can then repeat it, they can then speak it. And this, as I understand it, brings me to a general understanding of how well we assume a person uh, comprehends a matter. Uh, we can comprehend it on a base level, and we can then have it on a higher level. And the higher level oftentimes will be the ability that you have to articulate it. Uh, the best example I have is that for several years I heard shi'ur in Yiddish, in Mir Yeshiva. And I returned to America. My grandparents were so excited that I would be able to converse with them in Yiddish. And they began speaking to me in Yiddish, but I couldn't respond. I didn't want to break their hearts. They were so excited. My mother's parents, they finally had a grandson, a grandchild who could speak Yiddish. So yes, I could understand it, but I would get around the conversation because for me, yes, I understood it, but at an initial level. The statement here in the Gemara is an initial level when the Torah the Torah then strengthens the point of how well you should be educating, how well you should understand the Torah, so much so that you can then speak it, you can then repeat it. The Gemara in Masechet Makot on Daf Vav Amud Bet describes the circumstance, the halacha is that uh, the Bedin was not allowed to accept testimony if they didn't speak the language. There couldn't be a mitargem in between. You couldn't have a translator. So the Sanhedrin individuals, the people in any Betin, had to be well well versed in many languages so that they could directly hear it. The Gemara, however, tells a story how one of the Emoraim, one of the rabbis, placed a mitargem in between. He had a translator. The Gemara says, how is that possible? It explains the Gemara it's at the very bottom of the Amud. He was able to do so because as much as he understood them, he couldn't speak it back to them, which means that in 
in a betin atmosphere, that would be sufficient. A base level understanding that I actually understand your words without a translator is sufficient, even though I can't repeat it. But again, for our purposes, then, we're able to distinguish between those two and appreciate when the Torah says, study the Torah and teach it so that your children, so that your students can speak it. I mean, for me as a teacher, the greatest moments and appreciation of my own teaching is when I can hear my own students then speak words of Torah and teach it. I understand that I've been more successful than just transmitting information. I've turned them into people, not me on my own, they of course, and with the addition of many other influences, but they've become individuals who can now speak the words of Torah, can speak the messages that they've learned and, and continue to learn. That shows a higher level of understanding. It says the Gemara onward, Tanu Rabbanana Beraita Shema Yisrael Adonai Luen Adonai Echad Ad Kan Sericha Kavanat Alev Divrer Bimeir We have the opinion of Bimeir according to whom we are posik that, as we mentioned at the end of class last time, that Ad Kan until here meaning specifically the first pasuk of Kiryat Shema, it's there that kavanat hamilim, understanding the words, is of absolute necessity. The rest, beautiful, fantastic, important, and ideal. The first pasuk, Shema Yisrael Adonai Adonai necessary. You must have kavanat hamilim as you do, as you recite those words. Amar Rava, Halakha Kribi Meir, Halakha indeed, accords with Rabbi Meir's opinion. Tanya, Sumchus Omer, Sumchus, one of the Tanaim, had the following statement in the Beraita, Kol Hamma'arich Be'ehad, a person who elongates that last word, the word Ehad, according to, uh, uh, of course, uh, whom we know, an individual whom we know famously later in our Masechet on Daf Samech Aleph, Rabbi Akiva was Ma'arich Be'ehad, lost his life as he was uh, as he was reciting that final word, Ehad, but any person who elongates the word Ehad, and the word Ehad, of course, attests to the singularity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ma'arichin lo yamav u'shnotav, they in turn merit a long life. Uh, a long life per se doesn't mean uh, in the physical sense, but it means an enriched life, at the very least. It means uh, that this is beyond any of the literal interpretations. This is the focus of a person. As they say, Kiryat Shema, they're focused on Ehad, that singularity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And to do it in the physical sense, we'll talk about in a moment. In other words, actually vocalizing and articulating the word Ehad as longer. But not just so that you say it longer, but rather so that you understand and think about the significance of that singularity. And the Gemara will pinpoint what sort of thoughts are necessary at that time. So going back for a second to the Kavanah, why are we letting people off the hook, going out of our way to say, eh, you're good from here on out, whereas every other, to my knowledge, every other mitzvah, everything else we do is always, uh, of course you should have Kavanah, you must have Kavanah, and here it's, don't worry, do the first and the rest, uh, you, you can if you want, but you know, it's not really necessary. It's a great question. Uh, first and foremost, it might be might be me, us, underplaying it. And the Hachamim are but just they went saying, out of their way to say, Ad can't stop here. Talking, like, almost you know, don't have Kavanah. I don't know. They're talking in a lawful fashion. In other words, Ad Khan is absolutely necessary. But beyond that, maybe this is the closer to the truth in terms of interpreting this. Keep in mind we had a mahluk between Bet Shema and Bet Hilel in interpreting this Kiryat Shema. And really, Bet Hilel, the thrust of Bet Hilel was Kiryat Shema is supposed to be something which is regular, normal, natural, innate to you, that you can and will do at all times in any circumstance. Maybe that's, so to speak, what's the undercurrent over here in these words. Kiryat Shema needs to be natural. Even when you're working, you stop and you do it. And to the extent that we want you, 
obviously, if you could do it outside of work, but we want you, if you need to be in the work, say Kiryachma, and realize this is until here. So much so that it's a natural tefillah. If you had to stop, pause, and, and, and think about the meaning of each one of those words, it's not a natural prayer any longer, or a natural recitation. Maybe it's something along those lines. Okay, so the statement here is, Kol ha-marich be'had marichin no yamav u'shnotav ha-marav ha-bari'akov u-badaled. Specifically on the dalid of Ehad, as Bach, Bioel, Sirkis, and others point out, the way we articulate, the way we enunciate the dalid today, very difficult to elongate it. Ehad, there's no such thing as elongate it. If alternatively it's something along the lines of a dalid, so then you can understand Ehad, then you can elongate it. And nonetheless, what some of the some of the Rishonim already point out, and certainly the post scheme, is that maybe there's a space after the Ehad. Maybe you pause afterwards, even though you can't elongate it, because the way we say it, Dalit, can't be elongated. But maybe elongating the word can mean pausing for a few seconds afterwards. And you might find people who are God-fearing and follow Halakha will be scrupulous with regards to this. Myself and I learn on the night Ehad, and then they'll pause before even Baruch Shem Kibod Machuto right? It won't take hours or even minutes of pause, but it will take a necessary pause of seconds. The Gemara will even fill in as the Shulchan Aruch copying it, what sort of requisite kavana a person should have intentionality, as they say, Ehad. Uh, says Ravashet, listen, it's important to the Dalit be longer, but don't as a result cut off your Chet. Says Rashi, don't look, take your Chet from having a Kamatz to having a Shva, which means to say, don't read it as Ehad, you know, don't just cut it off. Uh, articulate, enunciate everything, pronounce it um, before, before you know, e- elongating. Rabbi Yirmiya Havayativ Kameh Rabbi Hayabaraba. Rabbi Yirmiya was sitting, Yativ Kameh, in front of Rabbi Hayabaraba. Hazier Rabbi Hayya saw that Rabbi Yirmiya, as he was saying, Kriyachima Dava Ma'arich Tuva. He was overextending. He was very long in his Kiryat Shema. Amale, or at the very least in the first Pasuk of Kiryat Shema. Amale, kevan di'im amlichte lema'ala u lema'ata u la'arba ruchot ha-shamayim tu la-sirichat. He said to him, once you crowned, once you coronated, amlichte milashon melech, you proclaimed God king, lema'ala u lema'ata, in the heavens and on the earth, u la'arba ruchot ha-shamayim, into the four corners of the heavens, in other words, in all directions, to la sirichat, more you do not need to do. In other words, it's not that he's taking away, as Maharsha points out, from the importance and the significance of having proper kavana. It's not that he diminishes going above and beyond in your intentionality, but if it's going to throw off your involvement in the minyan, if it's going to, as a result, uh, hold you up in your appropriate engagement in prayer, uh, this is the bare uh, necessities. This is really what ihad is all about. Um, to what extent... Um, well, uh, these Arbaru Chota Shamaim and the Ma'ala and the Mata, already Rabbeinu Yonah, Tamideh Rabbeinu Yonah suggests, you may have seen something of this sort, although it's oftentimes hidden because it's behind the uh, the hand of an individual, but there is a custom mentioned by Rabbeinu Yonah that you move your eyes in each of those directions, up and down into the four corners, in order to, so to speak, wrap your head around. You're not just thinking it, you're actually acting it out At with your point? eyes. In the Ehad of Kiryat Shema. Aren't your eyes closed? Your eyes are either closed, and you can do it with your eyeballs as they're closed, or your eyes are somewhat open, they're just being covered. I don't know. That's how Rabbi Yonah suggests doing it. It says Shohan Aruch here in 
סימן ס"א, סעיפיו, צריך להעריך בחטא של אחד, כדי שימליך הקדוש ברוך הוא בשמיים וארץ, שלזה רומז החטוטרת שבאמצע גג החטא, יעריך בדלת של אחד, שיעור שיחשוב שהקדוש ברוך הוא יחיד בעולמו, יחיד בעולמו מאשר בארבע רוחות העולם, ולא יעריך יותר מכשיעור זה. שולחן ערוך, add, and don't, elongate more than that. Where's he learning that from? From our Gemara. In other words, the critique... Gemara said not to do a chet. Don't do a long chet. And he's saying do a, do a long chet. No, 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 quite the opposite. Don't cut off your chet. No, so, two things. First of all, our Gemara says, Don't cut off your chet because of the Dalit. Don't go ahead. Do ahead. You know, so make certain that you say it. No, and he, he is only telling us the remes with regards to the hatoteret, that... Uh, that Head, it's quoting a Gemara Masech Menachot. That little roof that you have on top of the head is supposed to remind you of God's dominance over and governance of the heavens and the earth. But he goes further and he says that your your vision and your thought on the Dalit, when you or, or rather in the the whole word which is concluded with the Dalit, is again the oneness, the uniqueness, the singularity of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And his governance over the four corners of the world. Oh, interesting. Listen to the way he uh, articulates this from Tour, really. Not as I said it from Rabbeinu Yonah, with your eyes, maybe along the lines of what you were suggesting, your eyes are closed, but rather that you move your head in each of those directions. Continue Shohan Aruch. That's what we said, don't cut it off in uh, such a circumstance. It happens to be, as Kafa Hayim points out over here, the Mekubalim are very intent on adding one additional specific Kavana to this Pasuk of Kiryat and that is that you're supposed to have the mindset, many Sidurim will state it, mindset of Misirat um, Nefesh, that you would give your life up for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In this circumstance, that's what it means to truly accept the singularity and Kabbalat Omachut Shamayim in this context. And of course, that's that's helped out by the story of Rabbi Akiva, who loses his life and on. says, certainly, certainly what it's based on, and says, Kol Yamai, I was waiting my whole life for this moment of giving my life up and has it in Kiryat Shema. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yermia, Avayatif Kameder Bechia Barat. We read that. Amalek Kevanda Mechtel, Lemaala, Lemata, Labar, Hotashemaim, Tula Serichat. Says the Gemara, Amor, Amar of Natan Bar Mor Ukva, Amar of Yuda, Al Levavecha Baamida. Period. His statement is, Al Levavecha, that segment of Kiryat Shema should be while standing. Don't we say you have to sit? Didn't we say you have to sit? Says the Gemara, we'll deal with that in a moment. Do you really mean until there? Rather, what we mean to say is from the beginning of Shema Yisrael until potentially even the whole first paragraph, is nothing more. You said, Babetilel told us, you don't specifically stand up. Take a look at the right-hand side of Tos et Tosafot. Tosafot says, By Yerushalmi, about five lines from the top, Mefaresh, Lavdi Ihaya Yashiv, Omer, this is not to imply, not to teach us that if you were sitting, you stand up. Beti Leil told us it's not to, Ela, Dim Hayam Mehalech, Omer. It's if you were walking, stop. In other words, the standing is not so much standing as opposed to sitting, it's standing as opposed to moving. 
Whereas the rest of Kiryat can be done on the move, literally, as you're mobile. For this first segment, you should be able to stop yourself and stand straight, instead of, Wait a second, questions Tosafot, based on Yerushalmi. Beit Hillel said, you're supposed to read it, Nonetheless, this is the ideal way of doing it. It's true, the Torah, Beit Hillel, explaining that, permits reading it in any situation you may find yourself in. But ideally, for this, you stop because your kavana is enhanced. Tosafot and Rashi's understanding of our Gemara is by that pausing, stopping, and standing as opposed to being on the move. I think something we can all relate to being on the move, multitasking while stating, while while speaking, is harder than stopping uh, for your focus. Vechen halacha continues Tosafot de mehalech baderech mitzvah laamod pasuk rishon ubainan kavana pasuk rishon bilvad. Tosafot goes on to explain to us, as we read in the Gemara, Halakha Kirbimeir, the Kavana is absolutely necessary. Kavana Tamilim for the first Pasuk, Vecheni Betan Huma, Rabbi Yuda Beshem Shemuel, Amar, Asul Kabel, Alav Omachut Shamaim, Kshuhum Mehalech, El Yamod, Vikra, Ukshiagelev, Ahavta, Yelech Ledarko. The suggestion of Pihalakha over here is the Amida is absolutely necessary for Pasuk Rishon, because Pasuk Rishon is the absolutely necessary Kavanata Milim, and in turn, the understanding of the standing is for Kavanata Milim. Rosh and others have a different interpretation to this Gemara that maybe the Amida is just so that your Kiriachima is not done bederech in, in, a, in a haphazard fashion, less about the Kavana per se, but a different angle and interpretation. Didn't we specifically say that the ideal is to sit and if you're standing, maybe you're okay? Didn't, didn't we learn Shuchanaru? That... Again, that's when you're sitting. We're talking about while you're walking. That's... He said the, here we're saying the ideal is when you're walking to stop. To stop, correct. We didn't but I thought we said point. that the ideal is to be sitting, and you shouldn't even be standing to begin with. And if you were standing, okay, but ideally you should be sitting. I, I don't so think that's. I don't is think the this ideal is going to be sitting it. or to be walking and stopping. The, the halacha is if you were already standing, there's not an ideal to sit down. If you were sitting down, you shouldn't be standing up. If okay. you're already walking, so you stop and you stand. Do you want to go further and sit down? You can, but that's not an ideal per se in such a situation. Not an ideal if you're as, walking as to I sit down. As I understand, as I remember, right. Says the Gemara, okay, again. So, Ela Ema, so let's read it from the beginning. Amar of Natan bar Morukva, Amar of Yehuda, Alevavecha ba'amida. Alevavecha salka da'atach. You really mean to tell me just until those words? Ela Ema, ad, in just those words? Ela Ema, ad, Alevavecha ba'amida. Mikan ve'elach, lo. The entire first segment is according to Rabbi Yochanan. After all, this is Rabbi Yochanan following and being consistent. And the reading of this Gemara is very easy for Rashi and Tosafot. Earlier in the Gemara, we had such an opinion. And Rabbi Yochanan was posek la that way that. Kavanat milim is absolutely necessary for 
the first segment, the first paragraph of Kiryat Shema, it therefore makes sense that Yohanan would tell you to stand up for the whole thing. We had another opinion over here that it's until Alevavecha Tosafot who explained to us, if we're going to be consistent with our Pesach Halacha, that the absolute necessity of Kavana is for Shema Yisrael and only Shema Yisrael. As a result, the Amida that we refer to as well is specifically for that. Continues the Gemara and gives us another Beraita. Tanur Rabbanan Shema Yisrael that pasuk and only that pasuk, that was the Kiryat Shema of none other than Rabbi Huda Hanasi. Wow, why would he be doing that? Well, the halakha is if Torah to umanuto, if a person is fully immersed in Talmud Torah, and furthermore, Talmud Torah la Rabbim, they are exempt from Tefillah. The Gemara, however, Masechet Shaban, Daf Yod Aleph says, but they need to stop for Kiryat Shema. The Gemara says that's the way of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. Suggestion here of our Gemara is only for the first pasuk. The first pasuk, which is Kabbalat o that and nothing more. Again, Torah to Manuto means it's your absolute life. We don't have such realities in our day and age. We haven't had for much. Even a person who's learning in Kolel, we don't call that Torah to Manuto, that they're so immersed to the extent that we imagine it at the very least uh, once uh, existing. But that was Kiryat Shema of Rabbi Udanasi. Rav Rav exclaimed to Rabbi Hiyah, you know something, I never saw, I, I haven't seen Rabbi, meaning Rabbi Uda Nasi, I never saw him be Mekabel O'Malchut Shemaim. I didn't see him say Kiryat Shema at all. Isn't that strange? You notice the rabbi never said Kiryat Shema? I know he doesn't pray because he's, he's studying and teaching Torah at all times. <clears throat> But I never even saw him say Kriyat Amarle responds Rabbi Hayatirav Bar Pachteh, which means son of high level, like you have in Megillat Esther, Val Hapachot. It's a reference to people of high stature. So you're, you're a distinguished individual. I mean, it's a nice expression. Did you notice? Sometimes in the midst of the study, Rabbi, Rabbi Udanasi puts his hand over his face. You want to know what he's doing when he puts his hand over his face? He's saying, Shema. He's saying, Shema Yisrael is being Mekabel Ol Why is he putting his hand over his face? Of course, the symbol interpretation is for Kavana. Some suggest, like uh, Rabbeinu Yonah, that he's doing it because he does. it looks funny when you're moving your eyes all around in such a fashion. So he puts his hand over his face. This is the reference in our Gemara to hand over the face, to the best of my knowledge, the only reference for Kiryat Shema, the hand over the eyes for Kiryat Shema. But the statement in turn is, Rabbi, it's his minhag. It's not per se what everyone does. You notice in the middle of class, sometimes he just stops and puts his hand over his eyes. Were you wondering why? I'll tell you the secret. It's because he's saying Shema Yisrael. Then the Gemara has a question. When he finished the class, when he had a moment or two, you think Rabbi Udanasi would go back and finish Kiryat Shema? Keep in mind, he, at the time of Kiryat Shema, only said the words Shema Yisrael. Would he repeat Kiryat Shema after the Zeman? Now, he's not really fulfilling the mitzvah, per se, in its ideal way any longer. It's Sof Zeman Kiryat Shema has already happened. But you think he went back and did it, you know, so to speak, in order to be a, a part of this segment and doing the mitzvah in some sort of traditional fashion? Bar Kapara Omer, Eno Choseh Vegomra, Bishimon Berbi Omer, Choseh Vegomra. Gemara has a mahlok demoraim about whether Rabbi would go back and say the full and entirety of Kiryat Shema afterwards. Amale Bar Kapara Ler Bishimon Berbi, Bar Kapara. Parah, who maintained that Rabbi would not repeat it afterwards, he said, listen, 
I'll bring proof for the fact that Rabbi would not say the whole Kiryat Shema after the class when the Sof Ziman already had arrived. Bishlama Lididi, according to my interpretation, it's understood, De Amina that I claimed and I stated that Rabbi would not repeat and say the whole Kiryat Shema afterwards. Did you notice? Says one rabbi to the other, says Bar Kapara to Rabbi Shimon Berbi, that our rabbi, Rabbi Udahanasi, in the class, okay, we mentioned already he would mysteriously put his hand over his eyes. Did you notice somehow the class always revolves around at a certain moment, Yitziat Mitzrayim? Did you ever notice that? You ever think that was weird? We're in the middle of learning Hilchot Shabbat and we just all of a sudden, the rabbi started talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim for a minute or two. You notice that when we talk about Hilchot Sukkah, it's the same way. And when we talk about Hilchot Tefillin, Hilchot Nidan, Hilchot Tuman and Taharan, Hilchot Kilei HaMikdash, and Hilchot Bishul HaKum, somehow the rabbi every single time talks about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You want to know why? Because he needs to fulfill the mitzvah of Yisiyat Mitzrayim. He wants to do it at the time that he's Mekabel Ol Malchut Shamayim. And he wouldn't go back after the class to repeat all of Kiryat Shema to say Yisiyat Mitzrayim as part of Vayomer, of course. That's why, ironically, every day he seems to work it in there. Now, there have been t- points in my life where I've paid careful attention to the way people talk and what they do. And from time to time, if you pick up on the reality and circumstances, there's more messages that are hidden in great people than sometimes meet the simple eye. So that's the suggestion. Our rabbi is a little bit more complex than you may have given him c- credit for. He's saying Kiryat Shema in Shema Yisrael. He's not repeating it afterwards. I'll prove it to you. Somehow he always brings up Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Ela ledidach, but rather according to you, de amarta hozer vegomra. You claim that he would say it all afterwards. Lama lele ahadure. Why would he need to say in every class something about Yitzhak Mitzrayim? What's the significance? He wants to fulfill the mitzvah. According to you, he's fulfilling the mitzvah after the class when he says of kriyachma with vayomer and the other one lechem asher tzedit chemeretz Mitzrayim. The answer is no. Even so, even according to my position, responds Rabbi Shimon Berebi, that Rabbi Udanasi would repeat Kiryat Shema after the class, he nonetheless wanted Bismana, adjacent to, right after he would be Mekabela Alavol Machut by saying Shema Yisrael Adonai Lonai Had, he saw it most appropriate to go into Yitzhia Mitzrayim, which is A, according to the structure that the Chachamim gave us, that's when we fulfill the Mitzvah of Yitzhia Mitzrayim, and we understand it furthermore why they structured it like that. I have a true Kabbalat Ol Machut acceptance of the yoke of heaven, because I appreciate, I recognize what God has done and does do, and that's Yitzhia Mitzrayim is the beginning of that. Amar Bi'ila Bere Derav Shemuel Bar Matami Sheme Derav, Amar Shema if you at the very least said the first pasuk of Kiryat Shema and then fell asleep and then weren't able to properly finish the rest of Kiryat Shema, you fulfilled the mitzvah min Torah. When would this happen? If people who are extremely tired. No, it's a Friday night situation and you're falling asleep in the middle. You don't know if you finished it. You can't remember. Did you fulfill it? Yatsah. Rav Nachman would sometimes or always tell Daru, his slave, When you listen to me and you see I'm saying that Kiryat Shema thing, and I'm in the first Pasuk Shema Yisrael, Sa'aran, push me, annoy me, make certain I'm fully awake. Tefeh, when I get past that, if I'm dozing in and out, listen, I'd like to be fully awake. From dozing in and out, I fulfilled the mitzvah at the very least with the first pasuk. You understand the Gemara is calling our attention to the significance of the first pasuk as Kabbalah Tomachut Shamaim 
at its core. Amar le Rav Yosef, le Rav Yosef bere de Rabah. Rav Yosef exclaimed to another Rav Yosef, the son of Rabah, Avuch hechi hava aved. Your father, Rabah, how would he do? What was his uh, his practice with regards to Kriyat Shema? Amar le, he says, this is what I observed my father, Rabah. Du bipsuka kama hava kamesair nafsheh. When it came to the first pasuk, he would be straining himself to stay awake and have full kavana, very careful with that tefeh. Once he got past it, lahava misayenafshe. It was important for him to understand all the words, to utter them, and be uh, mindful of all them. But less significant than the very important and and of utmost significant first pasuk in Kiryachima. Effectively, then what we've learned today is many halachot with regards to Kiryachima. Let's remember some of the most significant ones. We talked about the first pasuk in terms of the kavanat hamilim. We talked about the word ehad in the first pasuk, having the uh, the necessary kavana of havnachat hakadosh baruch hu al shamaim va'aret and arbaruchot hashamaim. We talked about how the first pasuk Pasuk as well was the Pasuk that many of these Ta'imoraim said that's the most significant one that I'd be fully awake and alert for. We talked about how that first Pasuk as well was the with a capital T, Kiryat Shema of Rabbi Yudah Hanasi. Talked about how he would hide it during the class and he would say that Kiryat Shema, that first pasuk during the class. And we talked in turn about some of the technicalities with regards to Rabbi Yudah Hanasi, how and if he would say Kiryat Shema in its entirety afterwards. And lastly, with regards to standing, we were posek lahalacha based on Tosafot, that the standing if a person were walking is absolutely necessary for that first pasuk. Because if a person's walking, they need to stop and be able to get their bearings and be mindful of that pasuk and specifically that pasuk. So for that first pasuk in Kiryat Shema, stopping as Talmud Yerushalmi made clear to us is necessary. Instead of continuing to walk, stop for that pasuk and then if necessary, in the middle of a job, in the middle of a walk, you can continue. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.